is post time. Welcome to the ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Post Game Show with your hosts, fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller, and two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffith. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Post Game Show, presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears, and brought to you by GetCoveredIllinois.gov, the home loan experts, ComEd's energy efficiency program, and Harry's Razor. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. The Bears come out and blow the doors off the Houston Texans, putting it on them at Soldier Field. Something the Houston Texans 36-7 to today. The Bears move to 6-7 and and drop the Houston Texans 2-4-9. And, and Mitch Trubisky, I guess he's got his feather in the cap versus Watson in head-to-head matchups because he looks great today. Deshaun Watson was working with a very depleted offensive skill group. And the Bears took advantage of it and never really looked back. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Howard Griffith. This is the Miller Lite Bears postgame show here on ESPN 1000-312-332-3776. Let us know your thoughts about today's game. Are you pumped the Bears are back in the hunt? Or is this your nightmare scenario? Howard, what were your initial thoughts about today's game? Well, I was excited to see them go out and, and play the way they did against a team that obviously, as you just mentioned, was depleted as far as playmakers were concerned on, on both sides of the football. But at the end of the day, you just have to show up and play it. And they did an outstanding job today. But it also, I think, is going to give fans false hope of what things possibly could have been this season for the Chicago Bears. And that's probably not reality. Yeah, no, they came out and really put it on him early. And look, it started with their first offensive play from scrimmage. David Montgomery takes it 80 yards to the house, and the Bears really never looked back at that point. And, you know, the defense did what they had to do against, again, you know, it was uh, all week long we talked about Deshaun Watson making his first start at Soldier Field and how he would come out and perform. And it really just for him wasn't a a fair scenario because, again, you know, they came in and David Johnson tested positive for COVID and he was, they found that out yesterday. Um, Brandon cooks who they were hoping to lean on a little bit more heavily with the recent suspension of Will Fuller, Brandon cooks was ruled out today. And so they really, he really didn't have too many skill players to work with and kudos to the bears because their defense finally looked like the defense that has been paid so handsomely. Really, you talk about the interior, the defensive defensive tackles, Hicks and Nichols, really played well. And to me, being able to stop the guys inside is what really allows the guys on the outside to be able to get up the field and make plays. But at the end of the day, I, I mean, listen, this is a great, this is a really good Bears win. And I, I really, I know people are going to say, well, they were depleted, and as we mentioned, but you you still got to have to go out and play. You got to be able to play at your best effort and maximum effort. And I thought Trubisky played well, but I think what's going to get lost in this is people are going to say, well, head-to-head competition, Deshaun Watson Mm. versus Mitch Trubisky. And it's never – Jeff, you know this. It can never be one player versus another, particularly at the quarterback position. It just doesn't work that way because there are 10 other players that have to be doing their job 
for those guys, those two guys that we're focusing on to be able to have some success. No, you're absolutely right, Howard. And a lot of people, that's, you know, it's way too simplistic to just reduce it down to Trubisky versus Watson. It's certainly easy to do that. But as I've already laid out, as you've talked about, the fact that the Houston Texans right now, look, they, the Texans have been, been playing better as of late, but they're certainly still by no means, you know, um, an upper echelon or even a, a playoff caliber team right now. Their defense, um, the Bears exploited it, rightfully so. It, it's one of the worst defenses in football right now. They really don't have much talent out there these days. Uh, they're being gashed. There's uh, lanes, running lanes all over the field for uh, the Bears to take advantage of. They did so today. And, yeah, again, uh, it was good to see the Bears take advantage of a of just, just a team that's really in disarray right now. Outside of Deshaun Watson, there's really not a whole lot going for them. So the Bears did what they were supposed to do at home. Now the question is, at 6-7, and seven, are they back in the quote quote back in the hunt you know what i mean because with the uh with the vikings now um has that game gone final with the vikings on you know basically set to lose here today they're going to fall back to six and seven and the cardinals now at seven and six because they won over the giants today the cardinals are really the only team right now with a better record with for that final playoff spot and so the bears do theoretically find themselves looking at a playoff spot and that's fair. I mean, they should. I mean, they're going to continue to go out and try to do the best job they can. But the reality is if they make the playoffs, it's not going to matter all that much because they're still not a very good football team. But I don't want to rain on anybody's parade, but, you know, they went out and, and did what they needed to do today. And, and you saw some other teams around the around the, the NFC conference uh, really go out and struggle and, and continue to give the Bears an opportunity to go out and and with the opportunity of being able to make the playoffs. He is two-time Super Bowl champion Howard Griffith. I am Jeff Meller. This is the Miller Lite Bears postgame show here on ESPN 1000, 312-332-3776. Let us know what you thought about today's game. Are you pumped? The Bears are back in it and have playoff aspirations again, even realistically playoff aspirations. We'll go through what the schedule looks like and how it could come to fruition, and we'll talk to you. Is this maybe the nightmare scenario of the Bears making a run and fooling the McCaskies into keeping Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy in place. or And, and dare I say it, even entertaining the notion of maybe giving Mitchell Trubisky another shot. We're going to talk, talk about all this for two hours here on ESPN 1000 as we do after every single Bears game. So don't go anywhere. Stick around. This is ESPN 1000. Howard Griffith and Jeff Meller. More postgame coming up. This is the ESPN 1000 postgame show on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. With Montgomery on first and ten, is running back in a hole, and then he's off with a nice step on, and it's a foot race down the sideline. Jackson in pursuit, Reed in pursuit, he's gone to the house, 80-yard touchdown run! Wow! Kevin Harlan with the exclamation points there on CBS as David Montgomery rips off an 80-yard run to get the game started exactly the way the Bears hoped. And the good news was that uh, 
Matt Nagy really didn't have the opportunity to go away from the run because before it was out of hand because the Bears were able to salt this one away pretty early on. There was no need to worry about Matt Nagy abandoning the run, although Montgomery did go for 106 yards on six carries in the first half. He would conclude the game with 113 yards on 11 total carries. So still uh, still uh, a little adverse to, to running the ball, even when it would seem obvious to uh, cement the game away, Howard. But, uh, hey, nothing wrong with, uh, with, the, with the outcome today. Well, Jeff, as you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Montgomery, and, and I've always said all year long that, you know, the offensive line really doesn't give him an opportunity. And, and, and I think when you go back and you look at the film of, of his big 80-yard run, you're going to see some gap integrity that was voided by the defense. And, you know, those things happen when you have so many uh, injuries and and you're just so bad on the defensive side of the football, you're going to make mistakes. But the reality is Montgomery was able to take care of, take advantage of that and and take it to the house. But the fact that they couldn't really muster up anything else and really dominate them on the ground after that 80-yard run also tells you a little bit about the Chicago Bears. No doubt about it. All right, 312-332-3776. If you'd like to let us know what you thought of today's win for the Bears at Soldier Field, again, putting it on the Houston Texans, 36-7. to The Deshaun Watson storyline really didn't have a whole lot of opportunity to get off the ground because the Bears took a, took a huge lead, and at that point there wasn't much the Texans could muster. Let's get things started with Brad, who is in Addison. Brad, you are on the postgame show with Howard Griffith and Jeff Miller. What's up, my man? How's it going? Just by the way, I want to say I can listen to, you know, Kevin Harlan, you know, he could, you know, narrate play by play people grocery shopping and listen in on that. <laughs> Anyways, you know, the Bears, everyone's going to say like, you know what, now we won this game, now our draft position, you know, we're, you know what, we're in the playoff race. I can't, I can't sit here and root for the Bears to lose for a playoff spot or for a draft spot. You know, it's, you know, there's some great quarterbacks that are going to be in this draft. Um, this was a solid game. You know, we did well. Um, you know, we did, we kind of got away from the running there towards the end. We could have ran it there. We were second and two, two incomplete passes, you know, to get a fourth down. But, you know, this team looked good today. I know it wasn't. it's a banged-up Texans team. Uh, we're here. You know, we got we're, – we're still in the playoff race, and I think I think we can make a run. Um, I'm, I'm going to root for the Bears to win every single weekend. You know, next year's next season. You know, think about that at that point. So, that's what I got to say. Have a good day. Appreciate you, Brad, Brad, for the call. You know, and I think that should be it. You you should never be rooting for your team to lose in hopes of a draft position because there's no there's no assurances in that area. So you know, I'm glad you're still fired fired up about your team. Uh, he makes a good point. I understand that from the fan base. You're always rooting for your team to go ahead and advance to the playoffs, if at all possible. Despite the fact that if they do get there, it will have gone. They, have, they will have done it in a very circuitous route, Howard. But at 6-7 and seven right now, they're, in the, they're tied with the Vikings in the eighth spot in the NFC. The Cardinals, currently at 7-6, and six, are in the final playoff position, the seventh seed right now. Of course, the Bears play the Vikings next week, which makes that game all that much more critical because of playoff positioning. The Bears cannot afford to lose to the Vikings and lose the head-to-head tiebreaker outright. So it is critical for the Bears to build on this momentum if they're going to have any shot at the playoffs. Of course, the Cardinals reside in, I would say, what most people will call the toughest division in football 
in the NFC West. And no doubt their remaining schedule is not going to make it easy because I still do know that they've got uh, they've got a date with the Rams on there. And I can't I don't know if they played the uh, the Seahawks twice yet or not, but they've still got plenty of difficult games on their uh, schedule remaining. So there certainly is the opportunity if the Bears can take it, uh, if they can do what they what they need to do in Minnesota next week, Howard, they could be right there in position to make a run at the playoffs in that final seed. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right there, and you, you never know. And, and you know they're gonna they're gonna be good enough because the players are gonna play as hard as they can uh, to try to make that push. And just the fact of the matter is, it's really about a lot of pride as well. You know, you, the yeah, players aren't the, they don't care anything about draft positioning. No doubt. So the Cardinals still have the 49ers and Rams on their schedule. They also next week have the Eagles, who we'll see how they fare today against the Saints with Jalen Hurts under center. So. Maybe the Cardinals' schedule isn't not nearly as you know as difficult as you would hope right now, but they still again the, both the 49ers and Rams are going to you know come to play against the Cardinals, so there's certainly an opportunity for the Cardinals to drop a game or two along the way. So hey, if the Bears take care of business, they certainly have their shot at a playoff spot. Let's try. Uh, let's go out to Belmont Heights and say hello and good afternoon to Roy. Roy, you're on ESPN 1000 with Howard Griffith and Jeff Meller. Hey, fellas, did you just see what I saw? Did I see Mitchell David Trubisky outdoing Deshaun Watson today? Did I just see that? Can we finally put the hold? You know what? I'll, I'll kid in the side, though. Was that not the best all-around game of the season for the Bears, offensive play, calling-wise, defense, yeah. special teams? Was that not the best the Bears have looked all season in all seriousness, though? But uh, I've been a, a Trubisky fan since he got here. I'm such a loyal, diehard Bears fan that when they drafted him, we didn't know nothing about him, but you're left in no position but to root for the guy, and he showed him some flashes. I know how Jeff feels about him, but, hey, I saw Mitchell David Trubisky outdoing Deshaun Watson today, and it, that's, that is the cap in my feather, fellas. Roy, I, 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 listen, here's where I, I've always disagreed when it comes down to talking about quarterbacks and head-to-head battles, and, and I mentioned this earlier. But there's no way you can say Mitchell Trubisky and Deshaun Watson are playing against it. There's so many other factors that are involved in that. And I get it. When you come down to the end result, Mitch won. He won the battle today. But that doesn't mean that Mitch is a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson and, and vice versa. It, it doesn't mean that. And and sometimes that just drives me nuts because people get so consumed um, by what individuals do in this in this team game, and, and you need those other you know ten guys to be able to execute, so the one guy can can get the success and say that he's better than everybody else. He brought up and wondered if this was the Bears' best game overall, and I think undeniably, there's it's really not close. The only game you could even make an argument because of the opponent is the Buccaneers on the Thursday night when they beat Tom Brady 20-19 uh, to 19 because Tom Brady forgot how many downs there were. Um, that, that would be the only game that I would say is close, but clearly that was a much different type of game. And even still, I, I, I wouldn't put it anywhere near today's performance. They did what they – like, they came out and, you know, they jumped on the Texans and really – I mean, maybe you could talk about this a little, Howard. What The mind frame of a player, you, certainly you're never going to quit. But I have to imagine there is a certain sense of, okay, when you're trailing, you know, whatever it happens to be, if it's, you know, 30 to seven at the half, 
at halftime, there's a certain, you know, it just has to creep in. Okay, we're not going to quit, but there's certainly a mode of self-preservation when you go out there in the second half if you're the Houston Texans players, because especially when you, you, you know, the first, the first drive doesn't go your way. I have to imagine there's a certain element of, and again, I'm not going to say quit, <laughs> but yeah. you know, it's let's, let's, let's run through the clock here and, and, and get out of here with everybody healthy. And, and Jeff, I'm glad you didn't use the word quit, right? And you're not going to use that because sometimes people say, well, they quit on that coach. They quit. They didn't want to play. How do you know that? How do you have any idea what's going through the minds of those players? And regardless of whether they're giving maximum effort or not, you don't know if they've quit. Now, I will say this, which you did mention, when you say there is a uh, an opportunity or a time when it's like, eh, I need to start looking out for me. Mm-hmm. That's real. That is absolutely real. But I would not say, I would not equate the two as, well, if you're saying you're looking out for your own individual, you know, your self-preservation, then all of a sudden you've quit on a team. That, that's not it. But there is a sense that, okay, I need to make sure I take care of myself. I'm going to be a free agent this year, this offseason, and I need to make sure that I'm in position to be able to maximize uh, my value, my worth to the next team or the current team. And you know, it's tough to see, but I, I've always been, you know, someone who's, you know, whether it's the college level or, or the professional level that throws the word quit, that, that's not ever been me because, you know, you, you have no idea or you have no idea if they really quit or not. So you're just sure. throwing something out there against the wall because it's going to, uh, you know, it's going to, whether it's tweets, whether it's get people in, engaged. But you have no idea. So I, I, I always refrain from using that term. Yeah, no, it, it was just more a matter of, look, when the Bears jump out to that huge lead, there's certainly, a, you know, an element to the Texans players of, all right, well, this season's not going our way. Where, mm-hmm. like, like I said, not, not that you're quitting or not giving, giving any less than 100% effort, but maybe, you know, if you're caught in a situation where, you know what, where you lower the shoulder and fight for the extra <laughs> two yards or maybe step out of bounds, eh. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're like, you know what, in, in a 30 to three to seven game, I'll, I'll uh, you know, I'll take the path of least resistance. That's all I'm saying and make it no a little doubt. bit easier, but that's, but that's, you know what, kudos to the bears, because that's exactly what you need to do when you're playing teams that are at this point in the season where, you know, they see the writing on the wall. They certainly, um, you know, know that they're playing for their next contracts, but at the same time, you know, they realize that they're not going to be able to put together a little run and maybe make the playoffs like the Bears are in position to do so. Uh, this is the Middle Light Bears postgame show here on ESPN 1000. Again, here with you up until about 5.15 tonight, taking your phone calls, getting your reaction to the Bears' win over the Texans. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Howard Griffith. We'll hear from Matt Nagy. We'll check in with Jeff Dickerson as well. But right now, if you'd like to weigh in, it's your chance to do so. So 312-332-3776. ESPN 1000 postgame show returns after these. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. A two-time Super Bowl champion. A two-time winner of the ESPN 1000 Fantasy Football League. And never mind. Howard Griffith and Jeff Maller. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Gotta go! 
It was second down and five. Duke Johnson and stuck right there by Mack, who tears the ball away. That's a fumble, and it's Chicago's ball. At the 40-yard line, Khalil Mack with a big-time play right there, his third forced fumble of the season. Watson first and ten for the Texans. Great time. Here comes the pressure. Nichols got him. He just stood there and took it. Ready, set. Coming through again. They got him, and it's Mack with a safety. Big-time hit. Khalil Mack comes up with his first sack in five games. Another dance for the Bears, D. Boy, are they putting their hands around the throat of the Texans on both offense and defense. Yeah, the Bears certainly did choke the Texans out of the game today. Good to see Khalil Mack back in action, earning that big payday with a sack, a strip of Duke Johnson. Uh, The sack also with a safety, as you heard there. The Bears' defense combines for seven total sacks, including a couple from Roquan Smith and Mario Edwards as well. So uh, really good defensive performance by the Bears as they were able to pin their airs back and rush the passer with that huge lead in the second half, Howard. Yeah, he did. You know, and that's that's part of what this defense needed to do was really step up. And, and they really played well. And, you know, hopefully that doesn't get lost on the fact that this is a bad Texans team. But, you know, you just have to show up and be ready to go each and every week. And, and that's what the Bears defensively were able to do. And offensively, they made a lot of plays as well. Uh, It was certainly nice, too, because the game was in hand by the third quarter. Had an opportunity to kind of uh, let my eye stray and take a look at some of the other games going on around the league as well, which is it's always nice when the team you're focusing in on has it so well in hand that the the second half really was kind of just going through the motions (laughs) at that point. Um, 312-332-3776, and I'll continue to keep folks updated, too, as what's going on around the league. Right now, the Lions have jumped out to a 7-0 lead on the Packers in the afternoon affair, so we'll keep you apprised of what's going on there. In the NFC North, uh, elsewhere, uh, rest of the other games seem to be scoreless for the most part, although I think um, because the Seahawks game started a little bit earlier, they're up, I believe, 7-3 to three as well. So, But I'll let you know, keep scoreboards uh, throughout, the, throughout the show here. Let's try Pam, who's in Cal City. Pam, you're on the Miller Lite postgame show with Howard Griffith and Jeff Miller. What's up? Hey, guys. I just want to say I'm proud of the Bears for winning the game today, but I think we still got to remember that the offensive line is not where we want it to be. I give my props out to Trubisky. I give my props to Moody and Robinson and Montgomery, but we still got to remember that even though they won this game, we have to remember that the Texans, they team, you know, they had some some issues going on themselves because, you know, they had injuries going on. And it wasn't a Mitch Trubisky against Deshaun Watson. It was the Bears against the Texans. Simple as that. And I just think that if the Bears do make a playoff run, good form. But I still think we need to start from the top and work our way back down to the bottom to get this team to a point where they don't have to struggle to try – to make a playoff run, I mean, six to six, seven, that's not very good as far as trying to make a playoff run. They've got to do better than that next season. So those are just my thoughts and my feelings on how the Bears are doing. Well, Pam, thanks a lot. Appreciate the call. Uh, and that's tough, right? You, you know, and Jeff, we've been talking about that. I mean, you, you, they have such a dominant performance today. And then you ask, is it 
do you really feel good about it knowing the way the Bears have played this entire season? But the reality is this. You, if you can make the playoffs, anything can happen. And, and I know we look at it and you make it, and we, we probably figure that there will be a one-and-done type of scenario. But if you can get there, you know, it, it, that means a lot. And it, you got to give the players a lot of uh, a lot of kudos to being able to get that far and to try to stay focused after you know really the way this season has gone. Yeah, at the very least, it's encouraging that they're not amongst the dregs of the NFL. You know, you, like look, there was certainly I think a lot of people envisioned a scenario where Deshaun Watson, based on his talent alone, was going to go out there and maybe you know put the Bears in a situation where they felt you know completely inadequate on the season if they had lost what would have been, you know, a uh, what would have been a seventh straight loss here had they lost today, but they were able to avoid that. So that was also, I think that's critical too for Matt Nagy is now you, can, you have something you can work on to build on, which is, uh, you know, at the very least inside the locker room helpful. Let's try Dave, who's in Orlando. Dave, you're on the postgame show with Howard Griffin and Jeff Miller. What's up, my man? Hey, guys. Good to talk to you. Just uh, one point I just want to make, and it's been a Brutal season, obviously. But looking at these last two games, don't you think Bill uh, has done a hell of a lot better job than Nagy calling the plays and, and giving Trubisky a chance with his skill sets to play a decent game? I mean, he, he's really played, with the exception of the strip sack, he played a good game last week, and he played a hell of a game this week. Would, would they, so, yeah, he said, us. Yeah. Yeah. He said Bill, Bill, he obviously meant Bill Laser for the listeners out mm-hmm. there who are unaware, Howard, but I'll let you go ahead and take his point there. Yeah, I, I think you, you can talk about Mitch and the way he's played since being benched, coming off, having an opportunity to kind of sit on the sidelines and, and get an opportunity to, to see what's going on uh, from a quarterback. Things can slow down when you've been benched. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it still takes a supporting cast to be able to make things happen, right? In this offensive line, if you go back, you know, three, four weeks ago, it was still the same offensive line. Uh, so what has changed? The opponents have changed that they've had a chance to play against, and, and they've been able to exploit them. And, you know, I give Nagy a lot of credit for relinquishing the play call because it takes a lot to be able to do that is a head coach and a quote-unquote genius. It does take a lot to be able to step aside and let somebody else do it. But at the end of the day, Nagy is the one that put Mitch Trubisky back in the starting lineup. So he also knew that you know what he had on the sidelines as well. Yeah, and I think we talked about it at the time. We when the 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 week that they benched Nick Foles, Howard and I had basically both come to the conclusion that it was probably time because of the current situation with the Bears offensive line, it just wasn't going to be advantageous for Nick Foles to be the man under center because they were having so many problems with the offensive line. But now you see, like, when you have a functioning offensive line, how everything actually can fall into place. You can you can run, you know, Mitch Trubisky with some RPOs, uh, you know, on some boots out there and get him out into the open. You can see him pull the ball down and, and, and run and pick up a first down here and there, which, you know, when the Bears were really – going well back in 2018 in Matt Nagy's rookie season as head coach, you know, Mitch's ability to run was was such a valuable piece to this offense that I think sometimes, you know, if you don't have that from a quarterback, you can, you can be okay. But I think sometimes, you know, people underestimate just how difficult that is on defenses to have 
a quarterback in the pocket who has the ability to pull it down and run and not just, you know, pick up the bare minimum, but somebody who can actually threaten your defense. I mean, that 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 can be a huge headache. And, you know, that that's the one upside that Mitch Trubisky has always had is his athletic ability is undeniable out there. And, Jeff, that's where the game has gone to. I mean, people can complain about what, what Mitch is and the, the grand scheme, but this is where the National Football League and, and college football has gone to, quarterbacks that can ultimately create. And, and, and that's where you need to be. Now, whether or not you have the right guy that can create the plays you want is a different discussion. But Mitch has always been able to create if something wasn't there. And we've watched that happen over the last couple of weeks. He's Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller. Again, plenty of postgame show to go for you. Uh, still have time for your calls before we let you hear from Matt Nagy. We'll probably hear from Matt about 4 o'clock today. We'll also check in with Jeff Dickerson, who took in the game at Soldier Field as the Bears beat the Houston Texans 36-7 to to move to 6-7 and on the season. Plenty more to go here on ESPN 1000. The dissection of the Bears game continues right after this. This is the ESPN 1000 postgame show on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. The ESPN 1000 Miller Live postgame show with your hosts, Howard Griffith and Jeff Maller. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. And for first and ten, outside they go. Mooney looking for a block, and he gets one from his other receiver, Robinson, to the pylon. Touchdown! Got it! 12 yard touchdown pass. Trubisky to the rookie Mooney. And the Bears go up 22 to 7. That was a close call. Darnell Moody squeaking into the end zone as he was kind of uh, blown up near the sidelines there, but he was able to get his foot across the goal line. I'm not sure if the ball actually broke the plane of the goal, but it was so close, Howard, that they were not able to overturn it. The play stood, and that is why we're going to make that one our Harry's Razors close call of the game. Brought to you, of course, by Harry's Razors. Created to be a little bit different, honestly priced, and made with integrity. Go see for yourself at harrys.com. That one looked, I was a little curious. I, I'm not sure Darnell Mooney would actually broke the plane of the goal with the ball, but there was not enough evidence to overturn it. Did you think it was a touchdown initially? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty clear. I'm pretty sure that the ball never crossed, but, you know, it was close enough. And, and that's yeah. what it comes down to. There wasn't enough uh, visual evidence to, to overturn it. So uh, that will be our close call of the game. So check it out. Harry's Razors always, uh, as I say, not just the razors, but the uh, post-balm, the post-shave balm is also excellent product as well. So everything they do for your shaving needs always uh, – worthwhile, worth the investment. Let's uh, continue to take your calls because we will hear from Matt Nagy here shortly, but let's try our buddy Steven in Columbus, Ohio. Steven, Big Bears fan, joining us today on the postgame show. What's up, Steve? Hey, guys. I'm very conflicted about this uh, victory. You know, um, you know, I know a lot of people are concerned about the draft position and the quarterbacks and all that, but I don't think this victory really changes anything in terms of uh, – 
Nagy's narrative that, you know, he doesn't like to run the ball. Whenever he he gives, I don't know, Montgomery a few touches and he gains big yardage, he just c- continues to go away, which really is like an evergreen comment that he made about not being an idiot against San Diego, which he also had a big game, if you remember, uh, about a year ago. And um, that's really um, on brand and consistency that is with Matt Nagy. And, you know, he's just basically buying time at this point. And I'm sure he's going to do everything he can, fight claws and nails, that his players are playing hard, and he'll probably do everything he can to leak info about cases of laziness or whatever to keep his job. But I just don't like the idea of GM and, you know, head coaches being so different. You know, you don't want to hang tie a GM, a new one, with a, a coach who is uh, basically on the hot seat. We've seen that with Angelo, Jerron, uh, Lubby, and Phil Emery, and look where it got us. You know, we need to have a new system, a new head coach, a new GM, and presumably – hopefully a new team president who knows what the hell he's doing and allow them to do their job. And we got to keep drafting a quarterback, not just this upcoming year, just to, you know, keep hitting. You got to shoot your shoot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's a very feeling to do that. You know, I mean, you, you could swipe in there every single time and at least somebody will give you a chance. You know, the Bears have to keep doing that. That's all I got to say, guys. Thanks, man. Hey, well, we appreciate your call. Thanks a lot. Um, you know, it is awful. It's, it's often difficult when the head coach and the GM are not on the same page. And and I think if the Bears do decide to go in a different direction, I think if they decide to hire a, a new GM, they need to hire the GM first and then allow that GM to go out and decide who that next head coach is going to be. Because if you don't do that, you, you're forcing a marriage that, that ultimately is not going to work. And you know, you have to be able to to be able to understand what it is and the landscape that's going on out there in, in, in professional football and, and, and what it has always been. You can go back as many years as you want to and look at championship teams. There's very rarely been a time when you've had a GM and a head coach that have not been on the same page and you've been able to win championships. Uh, Bears post game show here on ESPN 1000 again 312-332-3776 get in early before we take you to all the press conferences from the Bears and uh, our check in with Jeff Dickerson as well let's try John who's in Evanston John you're on the post game show with Howard Griffith and Jeff Miller what's going on my man hey guys yeah you know I thought Mitch played probably one of his better games as a Bear he, he didn't turn it over today he played smart um yeah, six and seven. I, you know, I don't look at the Vikings as a premier team in the, in the league, much less our division. When I made my picks this year, division-wise, as far as who I thought would go to the playoffs, I only had one team from our division, and that was the Packers. I had three teams coming out of the West. I had one out of the East and two out of the South. So, I mean, um, Minnesota lost today, you know that. I mean, Tampa's not a pretty decent team at home, too. And Brady has got his hands on the system now. He knows what he's doing out there. Um, Minnesota's going to be extra tough next week because they know that, you know, they – Chicago doesn't play Minnesota very tough out there. And Minnesota at home, they're a different animal than they are on the road, as is most teams. Most teams are better at home than on the road. 
But I don't know. I Mitch has got to pretty much play like he did today if the Bears are going to get into this playoff race. He's got to continue to do what he's doing right now. What do you think? Yeah, John, I think, uh, thanks for the call. And I, I think you're right. He has to continue to play uh, at a level that he's playing at right now and not turning the football over and the defense being able to make plays. And, and that's the big part of it as well. This isn't, this isn't a, a, a team that is driven by their offense. This is a team that's driven by their defense. If the defense gives them a short field, gives them opportunities to score points, then that's when the Chicago Bears, as they're constructed right now, are able to go out and get wins. And, you know, look, historically, I know it always seems like the Bears struggle whenever they go to Minnesota, you know, especially back in the Metrodome era. But the reality is that Matt Nagy's actually 2-0 and in Minnesota, you know. So the one with Kirk Cousins under center for the Vikings, it hasn't been nearly the house of horrors that it once was for the Bears years ago. They're certainly beatable, and I think you see week in and week out the Vikings are going to be tough when Delvin Cook gets going, but the Bears, if they can focus and, you know, keep, as you mentioned, what the Texans uh, struggle with today, if the Bears can keep their gap discipline and focus on Delvin Cook, force Kirk Cousins to beat them, you have a decent shot, no doubt about it. So it's going to be probably one of the most evenly matched games the Bears are going to have all season because we know the Vikings have their their own issues, but the Bears, as we've seen on display all year long, can struggle at times offensively. So, it's going to be a critical game for both teams. And they're both in the playoff hunt. They're going to try and yeah. do what they can to squeak out that last seed. And But as uh, John said, some of our other callers, if Mitch Trubisky plays well like he did today, it's certainly a winnable game. There's no doubt about it, you know. Uh, you know what? We're talking about Minnesota. Perfect opportunity to go in and check in with Marcus, who's up in Minneapolis on the postgame show here on ESPN 1000. What's up, Marcus? Guys, what's going on, man? Uh, first off, I wanted to. I think it was last week. I made a comment that uh, Darnell Mooney was our best receiver. Um, I want to correct that. I meant to say he's our most explosive receiver. Um, Allen Robertson's more uh, seasoned, so he's the best. But I think Mooney, over time, he'll be the most explosive uh, receiver. But I wanted to ask two quick questions. First question uh, would be to you, Howard. Um, I was looking at uh, JJ Watt. I think the Texans might cut him uh, in the off season. Let's just say hypothetically they do cut him. Is he uh, is he a, a person that would fit in the uh, the system that the Bears play the three four system? Because I'm imagining uh, Goldman in the middle and uh, Watts Watts and uh, King Hicks on the outside of him with the two outside linebackers. And then uh, my second question would be uh, for both of you guys: When do they decide if they'll have a, a, a seed in the playoffs or not? And what are, what are they? De- what are they waiting for to decide that? Like, what is that depending on? Well, Jeff, you want to take that? Mark, sure. thanks a lot for the call. You want to take sure. the first part of that question or yeah. the second as well? Yeah, here, I'll, I'll let you know, Marcus. So the way the league has uh, structured it, right now they have seven teams in each conference which will be making the playoffs. They have the agreement that they will go to eight teams if any of the NFL league games are canceled. Now, the one thing I'll say is, They've had a few opportunities now where they could have canceled the game, and they've chosen not to. They've done everything in their power to put games in. You know, in, what comes to mind is the Ravens-Steelers game, remember, that was originally slated to be played on Thanksgiving evening, 
And because of the COVID outbreak amongst all the Ravens players, they eventually had to push that game back until it was actually played on Wednesday. So, you know, that just goes to show that the league is hell-bent on giving getting every game possible possibly played. So the only way that an eighth seed will be entered into this whole format would be if they have to cancel a game. And, you know, like I said, they're going to – it seems like they're going to do everything in their power to avoid that because I know the league, it is in their best interest to fulfill – their television contract with all of their television partners. And in order to do so, they need to deliver on all their inventory, which would be every single game being played. So that's why the league wants to get every game played, if at all possible. And then uh, he wants to know, is it J.J. Watt, Howard, in your opinion, a good fit for the Bears in this 3-4? Does he have anything left, I guess, too? I think he does have a lot left. I think this has been a rough year for him. Uh, mentally, obviously, physically coming off the injuries that he's had. Um, but it, it, it's it's hard, right? Because you say J.J. Watt, and all of a sudden you, you start to think about the J.J. Watt that was a defensive player of the year that's been able to dominate. And when you watch him today, he makes plays. He, he allows other pay, players to be able to make plays because – you know, he's so active and so, and so good. And But I think you, you talk about a guy like J.J. Watt. I don't think he'll be cut. I think he probably will be moved. I would, if, I'm, if I'm the Texans, because you need, you know, draft capital right now, and this is not a team that, that's on the cusp, and I think they probably will, uh, you know, several ships and go in different directions if the price is right. But I think he still has a lot left in the tank and can help a lot of teams. I'm not so sure – the Bears, though, are in a position where they want to spend that type of capital on a guy like J.J. Watt, particularly when you still have Max still on the roster. Yeah, I can see why the link might be made, especially considering his wife, Kealia Watts, plays for the Chicago Red Stars here. And so I can understand why somebody might make that connection. But I'll also say the possibility of him maybe playing with his brother T.J., Seems like that could be something that would be enticing. So if he became a free agent, if they did release him, it you know it, then JJ would have his pick of wherever he wanted to go. And at that point, I have to imagine that um, he would be like, now he wouldn't be at 31 years old. He wouldn't break the bank, but he would certainly be a highly sought after veteran who could come in and make a, an impact as a pass rusher. And so you know that's the one thing where the Bears being up against the cap as well would uh, make it you know a little bit harder to see that becoming a reality. Uh, this is the Miller Lite Bears postgame show here on ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller along with Howard Griffith coming up in just two short minutes. We're going to let you hear from Matt Nagy as he addressed the media via Zoom. We'll do that in two minutes. Don't move. More of the ESPN 1000 postgame show is coming up on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. 